Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Well, the weather outside is frightful, but there certainly is significant variety of weather experience across the United States of America at this time. Parts of the United States of America are reeling under terrible, devastating wildfires, which have devoured vast amounts of acreage and resulted in fatalities. People have died out in California, notably. In Southern California, in Northern California, in the greater Los Angeles area, such as in Ventura County, and then north of San Francisco. So, very different areas of California. What do they share in common? Politics. Democrat stranglehold exists in California in its major metropolitan areas, Los Angeles and San Francisco being, of course, enormous major metropolitan areas, Los Angeles being the number two media market in the United States of America, San Francisco being number four. What else do they share in common? Oh, my word, in addition to wildfires, mudslides, and enormous danger from earthquakes and possible potential danger from tsunamis, certainly if earthquakes hit off the coast, along the coastline, but in the waters of the great Pacific Ocean. And you might think that California, given its challenges, would be a God-fearing state. If you thought that, you would certainly be mistaken. But, of course, California has many other challenges as well, in addition to these. Volcanoes. And then the possibility of volcanic magma uh, flowing up through areas that of the crust that have been torn apart by earthquakes with the ever-anxious watch for the big one, which again will not be one earthquake, but will be assuredly will be a series of earthquakes, which will be joined together, if you will, thanks to the fault network, not only up and down the Pacific coast of the United States of America, but through Mexico, Central America, South America, and then up north of the United States of America along the coastline of Canada, all the way across the Pacific coastline of Alaska, 
crossing the Bering Straits, going on over to Russia and Japan and all the way down to the Philippines and then down to New Zealand. The Ring of Fire, the Pacific Rim. Enormous potential for destruction lies in this area. But in addition to that, California was the recipient of nuclear fallout, nuclear radiation, courtesy of the Fukushima meltdown in Japan some years ago, following earthquake and tsunami, and which caused tremendous devastation and significant loss of life, large loss of life. Not that the loss of a person or two or three or a family is not significant. But for those people who view significance by numbers, (laughs) that as long as it's a smaller number, it's less significant, then in this case, this would be considered more significant. Not necessarily in God's eyes, but in people's eyes. But California has many challenges. Nonetheless, California chooses, for the most part, by and large, the majority of the population, to reject God, to reject Christ, and to embrace every form of great world religion under the sun, and every cult and every kooky, nutty, flaky variety out there, including Satanism and so forth. But some people would think, well, my word, if dangers like those won't drive you to God or to seek God, then what will? Indeed, what will? California also, along with its neighbors to the north, Oregon and Washington, and another neighbor to the north, British Columbia, which again uh, shares this Pacific Rim ring of fire, they all are in danger, along with Alaska, of potential nuclear strike from dear North Korea which doesn't want to hurt a flea, absolutely not, under the inspired leadership of Kim Jong-un, Kim Young-un. Wouldn't want to hurt anyone, absolutely not, which is why it has been so exceedingly aggressive and threatening for all of its existence and has crushed absolutely crushed, not merely oppressed, but enslaved, tortured, tormented people of North Korea, especially Christians. But again, California and the West Coast have challenges facing them. What would you think that might result in politically? Well, given the spiritual reality 
in California. It might come as no surprise, it should come as no surprise, that politically speaking, there is enormous, again, stranglehold by the Democrat Party. And it was further strengthened this last political cycle in the midterms. But going back to challenges, challenges facing not just the West Coast of the United States of America, otherwise known as the Left Coast, but all of the United States of America, not just from some vicious, ruthless, murderous, egomaniacal, petty thug like Kim Jong-un of North Korea, but instead a stronger, much colder, more calculating, and highly competent dictator in Russia. Russia, one of the two parent states, if you will, of North Korea. Former Soviet Union, Russia, and Communist China. Well, Vladimir Putin, President a.k.a. President for Life, of the regime, his regime, his gangster regime in Russia, stated recently that, quote, Russia doesn't threaten anyone and has strictly adhered to its obligations in the sphere of international security and arms control, end quote. Really? Russia doesn't threaten anyone. Well, the Russian people as a whole may not. But the Russian regime of Vladimir Putin, the totalitarian regime of Vladimir Putin, threatens not only all within Russia who would criticize his regime, criticize him, but all who have left Russia and criticize him as high-profile assassinations and attempted assassinations attest so vividly. But even though Russia is benevolent and beneficent under Vladimir Putin, He has stated that Russia will commission new weapons systems that will have no comparison anywhere on the face of the earth. It reminds me of Adolf Hitler. Not not that Vladimir Putin has a bad haircut and has a a mustache that you might associate with Charlie Chaplin. But instead, this matter of building a military that will have no comparison on the face of the earth. Now, while a nation which is focused on peace, such as the United States of America. I know, I know there is considerable 
objection to that, but such as the United States of America, which could not even see fit to what would be the right term? How about liberate? You know, not to be confused with so-called liberation theology, which is communist, or not to be confused with those freedom fighters around the world engaged in trying to enslave nations and destroy, slaughter people, but to actually, factually liberate Cuba from the likes of vicious, ruthless, murderous Fidel Castro, the late Fidel Castro and his esteemed brother Raul, Hatchet Man Raul. But no, the United States couldn't even bring itself to do that, even as close, as near in proximity as Cuba was to Florida, to the United States of America, in a position from which it could threaten the United States of America as it could be used by the Soviet Union. But no, the United States of America could not bring itself to do that. Oh, but my gosh, even though it wouldn't do that, it couldn't do that, it refused to do the reasonable thing. Instead, we're to believe that Vladimir Putin is concerned, trembling in his boots, that the United States of America will strike Russia, even though Russia has greater nuclear arms than we do. Highly unlikely, impossible, in fact, to believe such nonsense. But, again, the nuclear arsenal of Russia is superior to the United States of America. Thank you, President Barack Hussein Obama. Great work on your part. So, too, communist China. But Vladimir Putin wants to continue his military buildup and to bring Russia not only to a position of international respect, respectability, militarily, but preeminence, as in soul, world, superpower, and only in the interest of maintaining world peace. No, Russia threatens no one. It does not threaten Ukraine, where it attempted, under Vladimir Putin, attempted to assassinate the leader of Ukraine, among other niceties. It's not a threat to Georgia, the state of Georgia, not to be confused with Georgia, the United States of America. Not a threat to Belarus, not a threat to Poland, not a threat to anywhere else. Moldova, no, 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 no. But instead, it is strictly seeking 
to protect itself from being attacked by the United States of America. Now, does he say the United States of America? No. No, but who else would there be? He's not doing this with reference to communist China. It's specifically focused on U.S. of A. And meanwhile, Russia and communist China are continuing to further, what would you call it, um, strengthen is not the word that I want, but to re-engage on a deeper, more intimate level with communist China, for Russia and communist China to be linked at the hip. There has been less linkage since the Soviet Union passed away and was replaced by free Russia under hard-drinking Boris Yeltsin, corrupt Boris Yeltsin, who handed Russia off to Vladimir Putin and the FSB and the KGB, former KGB, so forth. But anyway... So Vladimir has these grand aspirations just to build a vast army, not to do anything with it. He just wants a powerful military, second to none, equal to none, superior to all, but for no particular purpose. That sounds entirely reasonable. That's exactly the same reason that Adolf built up the military in Germany. That's exactly the same reason that Joseph Stalin did in the Soviet Union. Exactly the same reason for Mao in communist China and so on and so forth. It's always just to protect themselves from free, democratic Western countries. Because we know that these free Western democratic countries are always so hell-bent on destroying other nations and on enslaving the world, right? No, but there is a group, which I've spoken of before, which certainly seeks that and has from its inception, which goes back centuries now, but which has its foundation in the West, in Western Europe. But at the same time that Vladimir is doing this, what you might call saber-rattling, the United States military recently stated that it is attempting to offset what is going on, these developments in Russia and communist China. And when I say communist China, I had referred previously to the military technology efforts and ambitions and projects in communist China, in addition to all of the weapon systems that they have stolen the technical data for 
from the West for all weapon systems, all of our latest, most cutting-edge weapon systems. In addition to those, they have focused their military expansion on certain particular weapons systems, which are categorized as being A2AD. A2AD, no, that is not some sort of affliction, some sort of attention deficit disorder. No, no, instead, it is shorthand for anti-access area denial. These are weapon systems that are designed to keep the enemies at bay, far at bay, so far at bay that the enemies, in this case us, the West, NATO, what have you, cannot strike, cannot initiate a strike. So this is what one of the areas that is being focused on prime concentration by the communist Chinese, these A to AD systems. Interestingly enough, this is also a principal focus of Russia, of the Russian Federation, the Russian regime of Vladimir Putin. But the United States military stated the following uh, in the person of the Army Chief of Staff, said, quote, our purpose is to penetrate and disintegrate enemy anti-access and area denial systems, dot, 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 end quote. And to do so by devising long-range hypersonic weapons and strategic long-range cannons that potentially can fire at targets as far as 1,000 miles away. And to do so, this is key, to do so in a cost-effective manner. No, you're thinking cost-effective. Since when does the military care about cost? Well, since the Zumwalt-class destroyers, (laughs) weapon systems require ammo or projectiles, if you will, that are so expensive, so exceedingly expensive that the Navy cannot pay for them. So... It's important that it be cost-effective. Something to look forward to. Well, what is it that monstrous, murderous regimes have in common with garden-variety mass murderers? What is it that these monstrous, murderous regimes which slaughter millions of people, what is it that they have in common with, you know, just run-of-the-mill vicious murderers? 
And if you're thinking, well, they are the same kind of people, if you can call them people, that is true. That is true. These monstrous regimes are headed up by absolute evil, satanic destroyers, sadists bent on slaughtering and destroying, murdering the sheep, and especially taking out any sheep that may be lead sheep, leading the sheep, and enslaving nations, and ultimately enslaving the world and establishing a one-world slave state, a hegemony. This has been the bloodlust objective of Hitler's Third Reich, of Stalin's Soviet Union, and it goes all the way back. (laughs) And it comes up to the present also this... uh, other organization, this group, which is not in a nation as such, not using a nation base, but rather a plethora of nations or a vast confederacy or coalition of states. But that is true. These monstrous, murderous regimes are headed up by and manned by, armed by, People that view life itself as something uh, of no value unless it's their own. That view murder as a tool, as a legitimate tool to accomplish their ends. Not only a legitimate tool but an absolutely requisite tool. This was true with Lenin and the great philosopher Marx. So what do they have in common with these comparative two-bit slaughterers, destroyers, who merely slaughter a dozen people or two dozen or three dozen? Something like that. What do they have in common in addition to being absolutely monstrous people who are bent on destroying others, not on living a good life, not on living an honorable, righteous, moral, godly, God-honoring life that helps and blesses other people, but instead hell-bent on destroying others? What else do they have in common? Well, they always prefer to attack a soft target. The softer, the better. Children, young people, girls, young women, young mothers, pregnant women, mothers with young children or at least people that are unarmed. Yes, the boldest of them will attack police officers and sheriff's deputies and military personnel. As long as they're unarmed 
or as long as they can ambush them, as long as they're at a break, as long as they are in a restaurant or at a coffee shop, as long as they can get the drop on them and attack them safely, not endanger themselves overly much in attacking these. This is something that these garden variety slaughterers and destroyers have in common with these murderous, mass murderous regimes. The mass murderous regimes, what is one of their absolute favorite tactics? What is something that they always do, they invariably do? I can't see your hands raised, so... Let me plunge ahead and say they disarm the population. They strip the civilian population of the means with which to protect themselves, to defend their families and loved ones. That's right. Hard to imagine, isn't it? Hard to imagine that these vicious, ruthless, monstrous, mass-murdering regimes... would do such a thing as that, because after all, that just happens to be one of the very, very, very favorite things of the most pacifistic, peace-loving politicians, right? After all, they want world peace. If you've seen the movie, Miss Congeniality. Sandra Bullock's production that is, I think, a very cute movie, very good movie, very well done. You will find that in the beauty pageant or scholarship pageant in which she becomes a contestant, that all of the women, at least the finalists, but I believe all of the contestants, when asked What is it they want more than anything else? What is most important? It's world peace. World peace. A wonderful objective. But they all just kind of empty-headedly mouth that, that that is what is expected from the judges, and that is what's going to... Stand them in good stead. How it does that when they all say the same thing is beyond me. But it's, it's more a case of pass-fail there than impressing anybody. It's just a matter of it's obligatory to respond world peace. And, of course, our undercover FBI agent, she, by the very end of the movie, she is seen with women that she was shoulder to shoulder with in the competition. And she says at this point, where she did not say it during the competition, that she also wants world peace. So she has converted. World peace. Nothing wrong with that aspiration except the extreme blindness, ignorance concerning how to obtain that. 
we can imagine, we can kid ourselves, we can delude ourselves that world peace is obtainable. It may be a desirable objective, a desirable outcome, but it is not a possible one. Because there have always been and there always will be until these times are over with, always will be those who are absolutely bent, not merely on slaughtering a dozen people and getting their name in the papers or online and getting their name mentioned a million times across the nation and getting some sort of perverse celebrity status. But there always have been and there always will be these more competent, coldly calculating, vicious, ruthless, utterly satanic destroyers who are bent on accomplishing much bigger horrors than merely slaughtering dozens. And to imagine that it's possible to obtain peace with those who are bent on our destruction is to delude ourselves. Before I go further, let me just say I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and accurate in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, that's on me. That's due to me. In California, in addition to the terrible wildfires, in one place where they have recently been hit by wildfires, in Thousand Oaks, California, in Ventura County, really between Los Angeles County and Ventura County, but in Ventura County, there was this monstrous incident. And it was at a bar, a very popular bar, and the destroyer who committed this act, who murdered 12 people, he was described by a former classmate as being, quote, an instigator. He was always trying to start fights, end quote. Now, he actually was a classmate with that destroyer at a different school rather than one that he transferred to. But a teacher who was the girls' track coach and also, strangely enough, was entrusted with disciplining 
the boys track team. <laughs> it didn't say coaching them. It said disciplining them. Her name, Dominique Collel. She was attacked physically, according to her, by him. And she said of him that, quote, he was probably the only student that I was actually scared of when I coached there, end quote. She said that administrators seemed to know about his behavior issues. But did nothing about it. Well, this bar that was the setting of this monstrous attack at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, when I took a look at the list of victims, I could go through them and you will find that, as is the case in so many, so many instances, you find many very impressive people and just, you know, slaughtered, murdered by a vicious, ruthless, sadistic destroyer. It's, to say heartbreaking is an understatement. But one thing that struck me was the ages of a couple, three of the young women that were there. Now, I looked it up on the Internet, and we know that all of the information that we find on the Internet is true, (laughs) even if it's contradicting uh, one another. Nonetheless, it must be true. Well, what I was looking for was word on what, is the legal age for drinking in California and for working at a bar. And all that I could come up with, the most recent information I could find, stated the following, quote, you must be 21 to drink or work at a bar in California, end quote. You must be 21 to drink or work at a bar in California. Now, obviously, that's no longer the case. I say that because, again, reading this roll call of these victims of this mass murder, I came across Elena Housley, 18, She was a freshman at Pepperdine University nearby, 18, and she went there with a couple girlfriends of hers, described as roommates or sweetmates, 18, and she was a customer at this bar. She wasn't alone in this sense. Christina Morissette, she worked as a cashier at the Borderline Bar. And she 
headed to her shift at the bar. And 20 years of age, 20 years of age. Last time I looked, 18 and 20 are younger than 21. But perhaps that has changed. And then another young woman, Noelle Sparks, who is, who was 21 at the time that she was murdered, she celebrated her 21st birthday in August at the Borderline Bar. And it said she frequented the bar. And there was nothing to tell me whether she had been there before her 21st birthday or not. But I couldn't help but wonder when it said that she frequented it. So what astonished me, of course, there were calls for gun control, meaning gun confiscation. Take all guns away and then we will have peace. But I couldn't help but thinking with regard to this borderline bar, whether or not there may be a lawsuit or two coming against the bar, against this bar for allowing, if it, if it is still underage, unless it's changed, unless it's legal to drink at bars at the age of 18 and to work at bars at the age of 18, which assuredly must be the case because how could they have been employing a 20-year-old young woman, a 20-year-old girl? How could they have been if the law requires you to be 21? So undoubtedly, the information that I found that I was looking for and couldn't find anything to refute it, stating that the minimum age was 21, that must no longer be the case. But if it is still the case, then I would think that maybe, just maybe, this bar will be getting a couple whopper lawsuits coming their way. Because if 21 is the minimum age to be a customer at a bar, to drink at a bar, to work at a bar, then young women, girls, teenage girls, ages 18, she and her friends, and then this other girl who worked there who was 20, and this other one who was 21 who it sounded like may have been a regular there before she was 21. And anyway, I just can't help but think that maybe that will be the story within the story that we won't hear about in all likelihood. But again, probably along with the legalization of marijuana everywhere, which is, you know, just so beneficial for all of mankind. Undoubtedly, 21 is no longer the age limit. Undoubtedly, it's been lowered to 18. I certainly saw that it had been proposed to be on the ballot in 2016, but that, in fact, that had been retracted. So, who knows? Maybe. I'm sure many people out there do know, but, again, the most recent information I had was minimum age to drink at a bar, to work at a bar, to be in a bar, was 21. Well, following 
this monstrous slaughter of 12 people, Thousand Oaks was hit by wildfire and devastated. And Thousand Oaks, as I have said to people on occasion over any number of years now, there is no Shangri-La. There is no place in the world, in this nation, where violence doesn't strike. There is no such place. When you watch some movie, some TV movie, and they're talking about this community, this wonderful community, you know, we don't even lock our doors, and it's kind of a, <laughs> it's clear that it's a, a badge of honor not to lock your doors. Well, there is no such place that people should be doing that. If they are being that unconscious of the dangers in this world, and they are passing that on to their children, and they are failing in their parental responsibilities that way, not only in terms of teaching them, but also in terms of being role models, if you will, with regard to behavior then that's potentially really tragic. In addition to terrible, terrible things, man-made tragedies, like this slaughter, there also, of course, are disasters, natural disasters, And, as I've mentioned before, sometimes these natural disasters are actually man-caused, such as a trailer being pulled and the tire becomes flattened and the trailer drags on the pavement and it causes sparks which start a wildfire, which results in destroying massive, massive amounts of acreage and resulting in the deaths of people. Or other kinds of things. There have been cases where wildfires have been started on purpose. Some started accidentally, some started on purpose. And then, of course, those that are strictly in the natural realm, started by lightning or some such thing. Well, likely you've heard about this terrible oil spill down in the Gulf of Mexico. And it started back in 2004. 2004. With a mudslide which was triggered by Hurricane Ivan which resulted in an oil production platform sinking. And that oil platform was owned by Taylor Energy. It has been leaking, seriously leaking, all of that time, since 2004. As far as the number of barrels, I was surprised at the 
lack of specificity with regard to how many barrels of oil per day, but they estimate it's between 300 and 700 barrels of oil per day. And this site where this oil platform, these oil rigs sank, was 12 miles offshore, off the coast of Louisiana. Louisiana. Well, if it continues, if it cannot be stopped, and they said that no resolution is on the horizon, it will likely overtake British Petroleum's Deepwater Horizon disaster as the largest oil spill disaster ever. Ever. And of course, it is fouling the coastline, not only of Louisiana, but the Gulf Coast states that are neighbors. And of course, threatening wildlife and wasting vast amounts of oil. Going back to these mass murderers, you perhaps remember a certain Nicholas Cruz who was 17 at the time he committed a monstrous attack at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School that I've referred to previously that resulted in 17 students and staff members dead, and another 17 wounded, and that was committed on Valentine's Day. Great work, kid. You know, you're the, uh, the future of America. You're the hope of America, Mr. Nicholas Cruz. Well, anyway, this wonderful fellow, he's been being kept at the Broward County Jail in Broward County, Florida, and about 1 a.m. here Some weeks ago, I believe now, may have been less than that, he committed an assault on an officer. And he used an electrical or chemical weapon against this law enforcement officer. I find it fascinating that they didn't happen to mention anything about the law enforcement officer. I can't help but think that this law enforcement officer is a female, is a woman. I just can't help but think that because they fail to mention the name or anything else. But this wonderful fellow, how did this punk kid, this thug kid, manage to come up with a weapon, an electrical or chemical weapon to use to commit this assault? I mean, great work, Broward County Jail. Great work, Broward County Sheriff's Office. I mean, just (laughs) absolutely stellar. Really, really stellar. And uh, it should give you great confidence in our law enforcement system. Meanwhile, perhaps you remember a monstrous, vicious rape murder of a beautiful 
woman, Karina Vetrano, back in 2016. It seems impossible that it was that long ago, August 2016. Well, a certain Chanel Lewis, a young man of color, age 22, he admitted to murdering her in a taped confession. His DNA was found at the scene of the attack, rape, murder of this precious young woman back in February 2017. But now a mistrial has been declared in this case because the jury could not agree on a verdict. So it will be retried. And if found guilty, he faced up to life in prison. Oh, my word. Oh, that is such great justice, isn't it? Yes, that will deter crime if he is ever found guilty. And, of course, it will be appealed and appealed and appealed and appealed. But that's justice in America. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps... We can know now if we choose to. Thank you.